Welcome back to another episode of the Corporate Cowboys Podcast. As always, my name is Alex. Today's proof of life, it's Wednesday, y'all. April 12, 2023. In the form of this podcast, if you don't know by now, I always introduce it this way, folks. Get over it, right? It's a 30-minute window, a 30-minute free consultation. It's an ad hoc opinion, right? It's not advice. That's a disclaimer. I'll give that to you up front. None of what we distribute across this platform, none of the messaging should be construed to be legal advice, right? We do not condone or promote any wrongdoing or wrongful activity, though we might discuss it, right? Because who would we be if not corporate cowboys when discussing uh, certain ethical or unethical practices in corporate or personal practices navigating through corporate? But if you haven't engaged us or retained us, we are not your lawyer. This is not legal advice. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. If the shoe fits, then, you know, caveat, caveat, non-emptor because you didn't buy it, right? So whether or not it fits you, it may not be tailored to you. We treat every single one of our clients as individual cases. And for that, we need extensive interviewing sometimes to get as much information as possible to then make an informed opinion and give advice if necessary, right? To keep them out of legal hot water or career hot water. Our question comes from r slash career guidance. And they're asking, they've flared it for advice. They're asking, I found out the guy I manage makes significantly more than me. How do I proceed? Damn, it sounds <laughs> disappointing to say the least. I found out the guy I manage makes significantly more than me. How do I proceed? To me, it sounds like you haven't taken advantage of opportunities to negotiate for yourself, right? If you're not receiving cost of living adjustments or not negotiating for them at least, waiting to, because at this point you're, you're waiting, right? I'm not sure if, if you're actively waiting, but you could be passively waiting, which you're just waiting in line and hoping that, that the company or your employer cashes you out on your seniority. They're like, yeah, you know, Alex has been with us two or three or five or however many years. Yeah, we'll give him a cost of living adjustment. No, no. Good managers, managers that care about your personal, professional development, good managers are hard to come by. And even fewer managers are going to look out for your development and pay you commensurately. I mean, pay you what you're worth, right? You have to advocate for yourself. You have to go out and promote yourself. That requires you being a consummate professional and not letting these 
opportunities fall by the wayside because now i mean yeah you've been there enough time you have some seniority otherwise they wouldn't be giving you the responsibility the duties to train a new hire or to train a subordinate they wouldn't give you a subordinate they wouldn't put you in a supervisory position if you didn't have the experience but it doesn't mean that they have to pay you more you have to get them to pay you more now how you get them to do that there are a number of ways on this podcast we explore the most professional ones <laughs> sure we might address we may may just address the least professional ones but we mostly recommend the ones that will empower you to conduct yourself like a consummate professional right not burn any bridges if anything add to the bridges that currently exist and open up more opportunity for you to develop yourself let me read on with this question because the body is a little long so i'll try not to interrupt too much okay they write the title pretty much says it all all right well, well fuck. should i just not read it but no it says your for context and context is what we want right so this is will get specific may become more particular more granular and so the listener you the listener should keep your ears attentive to whether or not this individual's circumstances somewhat reflect your own or whether or not you could take away key points from their situation and superimpose them onto yours depending on you know what the recommendations are take notes and apply them where they're applicable if you find yourself in a similar position if you don't have a circle to take this this issue up with you can bring it to us we'd be more than happy to walk you through it if you have a friend or a colleague an associate if you have a manager that you think you could refer to us by all means that's what we're here for anywhere from entry level to executive on through middle management i mean reality is that everyone is entry level forever you could lose your position from one day to the next you think you got it made and the next day shit you could be six feet deep right <laughs> so they're writing here for context i work at a fortune 500 company mm, corporate chef's kiss i've been with them for about three years two as an intern one full year sorry one year full time so two years as an intern and one year full time i accepted a job offer in september 2021 without negotiating slash looking around too much i liked the company and the people i worked with and the offer sounded fair based on the research i did okay see i was about to i was about to rail into them but they did some research granted they did not negotiate they didn't 
look around too much, but they did some preliminary research, right? So they didn't go in with, you know, wet powder and rusty steel, but it doesn't mean that they went in with a loaded, with, with a loaded piece even, right? So they could have had their fucking ammunition in the fucking trunk, the magazines in the glove box, and just fucking pieces strewn about their, um, their person, right? So not readily accessible, not actionable. They were just given an offer, and in their mind, they're like, that sounds fair. And they signed on. Reckless, right? Not doing your due diligence, reckless, but... Nonetheless, they did some, some research before agreeing to it and in their mind, at the time, believed it to be fair. I mean, I don't know how fair you can get if you don't negotiate. If you accept the first offer that's given to you, always the first offer is going to be low. That's that. There is negotiation 101. The first offer is always low and you've got to come back with something that you can justify. If you just say, yeah, sure. You have valued yourself at their lowest offer. Even if you are somebody with billion dollar ideas and million dollar outputs, if you take a $100,000 offer, that's what you're worth. You're a $100,000 asset. <laughs> So they continue. I liked the company and the people I worked with. I liked, I uh, see they're already speaking in past tense. They're, they're thinking about leaving. I liked the company and the people I worked with. The offer sounded fair based on the research I did. My starting salary was $65,000. And last week I received my first raise to bump my pay to about $70,000. In my performance review, my boss praised my work and mentioned that they ranked me at the top of my position group. Hmm. Ranked them at the top of their position group. I mean, if everybody's just saying yes to the first offer they receive, they're probably all getting screwed royally. And our hypothetical client is just getting screwed the least, right? But I digress. I started managing a new hire. Ooh, they, I started managing a new hire in January. January this year, I take it. He's a few years older than me and has the same level of degree as me. That doesn't mean much. He could have more experience regardless of the, uh, of the degree. He spent the last few years working in a completely unrelated industry. Oh, okay, so maybe not, not the experience we're thinking. He was in game and parks, outdoor type stuff, outdoor type work, while we work in finance. So he's not exactly an experienced hire. I've been managing slash training him since he hired on or since he was hired on. It doesn't mean he's inexperienced, right? He could be self-taught, self-educated uh, while he's working in parks and recreation or, or game and wildlife, whatever it is they were doing previously, they could have been refining their knowledge in finance. So it, it enable, which enabled them to even apply for this position, right? I mean, you've got to have some basic understanding of finance to get a finance job 
in most instances, unless, I mean, your hiring committee or your hiring manager at your firm is just no good at their own job and can't vet candidates appropriately. So they continue. As we were talking on a work trip, I found out he makes around 80K. This is obviously very frustrating since he has less experience, less time with the company, and less responsibilities than me at this point. Damn, damn. So our hypothetical client is getting paid 70K to not only do their job, but train someone else to do theirs, right? <laughs> and this new hire is making 80K off rip, which tells me one of two things, right? Either average wages have gone up and so they were hired without giving everybody else this adjusted cost of living, right? Because that's typically what dictates or informs starting wages, a starting salary. Or, or this candidate, this new hire, negotiated, did not take the first offer they were shown, which is where our hypothetical client dropped the ball. And now they're beginning to experience regret or they're already experiencing it. They're in the throes of regret. And so they're frustrated. <laughs> they ask, what's the best course of action here? I'm trying to give my employer the benefit of the doubt, but I'm struggling to figure out why. Oh, you're struggling to figure out. I'm struggling to figure out why they wouldn't bump my pay as well. Dog, it's because you never asked and they never considered you when hiring this new cat. Why the fuck would they consider what you're getting paid when they're trying to figure out what to offer this new cat? No, let's, let's not offer the new cat 80K because Alex makes a measly 70K. Nah, if Alex knows no better and we're banking on the fact that they won't really talk to each other when we say competitive salaries, it's because people are competing for these salaries. So they're going to bank on the fact that you aren't necessarily sharing that information. If anything, they're trying to cultivate, and this is increasingly almost impossible to do, though I've done it increasingly difficult cutthroat environment cutthroat slash collaborative environment which requires instilling leadership qualities in your employees while at the same time while at the same time training them to be supportive of one another that's cultivating a, a, a team spirit that's quintessential to team building, which again, few managers do, few and far in between. So they continue, they write, I'm trying to give my employer the benefit of the doubt, but I'm struggling to figure out why they wouldn't bump my pay as well if they had good intentions. If they had, if they had good intentions, they would have either A, paid you fairly from the, from the, from the beginning, from when you were given your offer, right? From the, when they made you an offer. And two, they would have negotiated in good faith if, if you chose to negotiate when they made you your offer. 
And because you didn't, I mean, you've necessarily waived that. Oh, now, you, now you've got buyer's remorse because you've sold your own self short? Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Beautiful planning. Now, I don't want to rip too hard on this uh, hypothetical client because, because let me remind you from the beginning, they, they must be some kind of K through bachelors, right? K through 16. If they had no other work experience, they've only got two years interning for this Fortune 500 company and one year working full time for them. We don't really know their age. We don't know their background. But it tells me, it tells me that they don't have much experience at all. Maybe in corporate, maybe working, maybe in life. In order for them to open up negotiations or to approach work from a perspective of a consummate professional. That takes time to develop. And that's really what we're all striving to attain is to develop a spirit of consummate professionalism. So they're young. I get it. Maybe this this won't be their lifelong career, but they're going to pull a good stint. And that's if their stint didn't end here at the end of the third year because of a mistake. And yes, it was their mistake, a mistake they made at the beginning of their tenure at this Fortune 500 company. Now they're looking back and maybe thinking or realizing they fucked up, but it might just been a bump on the head and they didn't learn shit because they're over here thinking that I don't I don't know why my pay didn't get bumped up. If new cats, if new hires are making 80k, making 10 grand more than I am currently, why wouldn't my pay go up 10k? Or I I would imagine they're thinking even more now, right? Because they're training this $80,000 cat and they're only making 70, so in their mind, they might think they're entitled to something like 90 or 95 or 100 or 110, 150. Who the fuck knows what they think they're entitled to, but they obviously can't justify it or they would have done it in this, in this body of contextual facts they're trying to give us. But nah, it's, it's the sense of entitlement with no justification that, uh, that really drives this point home. Believing that the company is going to act fair. Sure, they're being treated fairly, and I think fair enough is you not having negotiated and asserting your professional worth, your professional value, and negotiating, even taking on this duty of training a new hire. Did you consider reopening what your title would be and what you would be compensated if you're taking on this this duty these obligations to treat to to treat and train your subordinate i doubt it high key doubt that so what's the best course of action here they're saying i'm trying to give my employer the benefit of the doubt already seen that they say i'm not in love with my job i'm not in love with my job well homie <laughs> and if you're not in love with the job, then you don't own shit. If any, I'm not, I'm not going to say you should be demanding of your job, but if you 
don't have love for the job, if you're not doing your job for the love of the game, I mean, you should be doing your job for the love of your professional development, of your compensation, of your money's worth, of your family, if you have kids to feed, do it for legacy, right? And if you ain't doing that, you're there because you love the company or you love the abuse, one of the two. They write, I'm not in love with my job and have considered leaving before I found out about this. My wife, oh, you see they are married. My wife also works and we could get by on her salary for a few months if needed. Sounds like a bitch move, but if you're not, I mean, if you're not willing to negotiate, uh, I don't know if you're, if, if, you're, if you're trying to have your wife negotiate her status in the household. I'm thinking about sitting down with my boss they write, and asking for a big raise, ooh, 100 to $110,000. And if they don't give it to me, walk away. Yeah, that's really your best course of action at this point. But you've got to back it up and justify this big raise coming to you. Now, if you've been paying attention, you listener, if you've been paying attention, I've laid out certain bullets that you can use. I like that, it's a pun, it's a play on words. I've laid out certain bullet points that you could use as supporting arguments that will justify you receiving more money, right? You've got a cost of living, the fact that you're taking on additional duties, your time with the company, all of that, you could package it. And, and I'm sure there are other facts that we just haven't dug into because we don't have the hypothetical client in front of us to interview them with more depth. But I'm sure you could package this into this big raise, into justifying it and at least, at least get you the opportunity for a review and evaluation and potentially a negotiation. The clients that I've, that I've worked with in the past have done exactly that. And we could even go through what a mock interview or a mock evaluation would look like if necessary. But you've got to be on your A game. If you weren't on your A game going into this arrangement, right? When you were given your agreement, when you were given the first offer and you just blindly accepted to it, that's, I think, one strike against you. But it doesn't mean you're out of the running completely, right? I tell all of my clients, I tell most everyone I associate with, everyone I associate with, right? They, they should know what they're signing. And if they're not reading it, then hand it over and we'll read and interpret it for you so that we can outline the points that you could then negotiate either in your favor or to at least be of mutual benefit right don't don't get bent over and screwed just because you don't want to read your agreement or you don't want to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation of negotiating it's not uncomfortable right it shouldn't be uncomfortable your your worth is something you should be confident in and not uncomfortable so they write What's the best way to approach this conversation? This conversation about the big raise. 
or this ultimatum apparently because if they're not given this big raise then they'll just walk away or so they claim what's the best way to approach this conversation or is there a better way to go about this since the guy works under me i can see his pay information and could bring this up without throwing him under the bus in any way thanks in advance for the advice now i think if <laughs> bringing up bringing up what somebody else makes right because this other cat getting paid 80k i don't think constitutes like the average right it's just the offer they were given or the offer that this person negotiated right don't base what you want to be paid off of what somebody else is getting paid right what someone else eats does not make you shit what someone else eats doesn't give you a stomach ache right so you shouldn't feel any type of way about what somebody else makes maybe it was poorly negotiated maybe they're in a completely like you you don't know what the the entirety of of what their arrangement is even right I'm, I'm going out here in deep left field in the weeds right it could be that they're just passing through getting trained they could be on the executive path partnership path and they're just getting trained in through the entry-level positions then they're going to move on to somebody else and get trained in that position something that you may not even be privy to they might just be passing through right so no don't don't base the fact that somebody else is getting paid uh more or less in order to argue that you should be getting paid more or less now, obviously it's going to be more right but no don't don't justify your request or your negotiations around what somebody else has uh has received it should be backed with research of your own right independent research not just because you stumbled across a pay stub of theirs you're like oh well, but alex gets paid eighty thousand dollars a year i should be getting paid eighty thousand dollars a year too because of fairness because of equality no it it won't fly it won't fly what else are you contributing to the company that justifies you receiving that money now I think the ultimate the ultimate ultimatum is going to be either you get the raise or you walk away to another company or to the competition but again this requires you reviewing your your current employment agreement and I low key want to bank on the fact that if they give you if they gave you a standard offer going in and now they're they're mounting on these responsibilities and these duties onto your plate that they haven't updated any of their paperwork maybe uh you're low-key a middle manager or like an entry-level executive like in the c-suite right you're gonna be rubbing elbows with bigger corporate cats and if they haven't updated the agreements with you or sat you down during an evaluation or a review you're not bound to them by any by any extent of the imagination like a non-disclosure or a non-compete but that depends right from state to state as well as the original agreement that you signed so i'm i'm, go I'm going off on 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 a tangent there and that's more higher level strategy <laughs> nonetheless 
nonetheless. Do not base your argument on the simple fact that Alex makes 80K, so I should make 100 or 110 because I'm training Alex. You don't, you don't fucking know. You don't fucking know what Alex is up to. Alex might just be passing through. You want to justify your raise with something quantifiable, metrics of your own that you are able to track through your position and how they impact the company's bottom line or the company's objectives and goals, right? Because it doesn't necessarily have to be the company's bottom line. I mean, I've seen instances where the company really isn't, uh, really isn't as profitable, and yet still, executives inside are able to negotiate a pay raise for themselves. Something significant, more than just a cost of living adjustment. It's possible, it can be done. If you need help for that, that's what we're here for. You can find us on Instagram, DM us. I'm going to start the plugs if y'all want to navigate away. But if you want to find us or refer, refer others to us, your associates, people in your circle, friends, family. We're on Instagram. That's at Corporate Cowboys with a Z. You can DM us. You can find us on Patreon. That's the Corporate Cowboys podcast. There are multiple tiers available to subscribe to, and some of them have a question and answer function that uh, provides exclusive contact, exclusive communication to us. If you want to send a donation to keep this podcast uh, free, by all means, do that. And anything else goes to business expenses and legal fees, you know office supplies, stationery, and paperweights of the professional kind. And uh, write to us also. Snail mail is always welcome. And uh, packages, parcels, P.O. Box 3372, Rancho Cordova, California, 95741. You take care of yourselves.